You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Well, good evening and welcome to episode 103 of the podcast. Great to be back with you after a week off last week. Cody Melbourne and Abrams, we are your hosts. And uh, guys, can't believe it. We're officially through the first month of the 21-22 NHL season. A lot of great storylines so far. And uh, in this episode, we're going to do a little fantasy corner to start things off. Then a little cap or no cap. So that returns uh, after a brief high. Hiatus, uh, and we're going to go over one hot start each uh, so far this season. But uh, first of all, guys, how we doing? And uh, how was your Halloween? Doing really well. Harp um, didn't do anything for Halloween. <laughs> we actually uh, over the weekend we did some virtual golf, some bowling, some pool, all sorts of just leisure activities, but no dressing up and no Halloween stuff. Uh, to be honest. Um, Back to the hockey, though, really excited about how much hockey I've been watching lately. Just any bit of downtime, I've been throwing on whatever game is on TV. I've actually watched like almost every Leafs game for some terrible reason. You're but a closet fan. Thi- why. Well, no, the thing about me watching more and more Leafs games is I get to root for more and more teams because I just root, root for anyone who's playing against them. Mm. Like as long as it's not the Rangers, I'm going to be cheering for whoever's playing against the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, I said this in the group chat case last week. I think like you don't actually like the Devils. You just hate the Leafs along with every other fan like who cheers for the Bruins or the Penguins or whoever. You just hate the Leafs like, you know, even the Habs. That's I feel like that's their fan base. But obviously I'm kidding. Um, yeah, th- things are good, guys. Halloween was fun. Dressed up as Steve Jobs, went to a uh, went to a little party and, and did that. So that was fun. Uh, got some news today, actually, that I will be um, and I mentioned this to you guys, like I think last week, but I'm going to be participating in a mock uh, salary arbitration hearing at Osgood Hall Law School. And I actually cool. just got the news today that I'll be representing the Detroit Red Wings uh, for the player Jacob Vrana. So last year, Vrana went to salary arbitration. He got three years at $5.25 million, I believe, uh, for his contract. So we're basically just going to be rehashing that argument. And I'm representing the Red Wings, which I'm a bit disappointed about because I think that's a great deal for Vrana. So I'm going to have to kind of go against my instincts and, and sort of argue the other way here. But it's like it's so cool. It's such a neat event that I had no idea even was going to happen. But my partner and I, you know, we got the news today and we have uh you know paper to submit by by saturday for our opening arguments and everything there's an oral portion a written portion and uh we are just like ready to dive head first into this and uh i just can't wait so i wanted to share that with you guys thought it was super cool i think three yeah very cool is an absolute steal for verona <laughs> F- 5.25 did i say oh yeah I for, I for three years or maybe you said for three years for three yeah. years yeah so okay, maybe, maybe, I, maybe i did slip up there i but. still i still honestly think he's is like the second best player on the team so i'm not yeah i'm not budging too hard on that yeah the difficulty to, is uh, that he's out sorry. right now so that's yeah. that's yeah. what sucks yeah you beat you beat me to it just uh you know yeah so they're not think, paying him anything <laughs> yeah. 
think think about what re- kind of record Detroit would have with him in in the lineup because um you know I know they lost to the Leafs over the weekend but they seem to slowly be coming out of that rebuild and I think Vron is going <clears> to <throat> be a big part of it but yeah that injury is tough man that's but that's why that's really cool every time someone brings up how good Detroit has been doing lately I keep going without Vrana like yeah, every the second time. best player. Did you see that 40 seconds against uh, Florida where yes. Ernie blocked two, Fabry blocked two, and someone else blocked one? It was an absolute scramble in front of the net. And then Vakoyev, or not Vakoyevich, Nadelkovich yeah. punches the puck out of the zone. It was like the most crazy 40 seconds of the year so far. That team is going to be a, a bunch of menaces to society in a couple years. Like, they, yeah. like, you think the Atlantic is good now? Wait until that team and the Ottawa Senators and, you know, who knows what will happen with, with Buffalo in the coming years or Montreal. But we have a couple teams in this division who are on the up and up, and the Red Wings are for sure going to be super good in, in the next couple of years. We've already seen about the East. Well, exactly. It just in general, like the Metro right now is the best division in hockey, top to bottom. And then add the Atlantic in now, that's kind of top heavy. And then in a couple years with a few good teams, wow, the East is going to be yeah. scary good. Scary good. Yeah. Great point. No, guys, it's been uh, it's been a great first month of, of hockey. I've been able to go to a couple of Ottawa Senators games to start the year, which has been uh, which has been really great. So um, and like you said, Case, like I'm watching any game, really, like every Saturday night the past three weeks, I want to say it's like, yeah, I'm I'm into the double headers uh, every weekend. You know, I want to watch the seven o'clock game yeah. and. And the 10 o'clock game, who's ever playing? So, um, no, it, it, it's been great so far. All right, boys. Uh, well, our uh, uh, Fantasy League continues. Our boys in the booth Fantasy League. It's been a lot of fun so far. So we'll uh, kick off the pod with a little Fantasy Corner. And, uh, Chad, I'll start with you. You and I uh, made a trade today. Uh, so why don't you tell our listeners about that? We did. But uh, before I get into that, I wanted to mention that we didn't have an episode last week. So we missed a week of our fantasy corner. So I just wanted to recap briefly what happened. Uh, I said two weeks ago when we had uh, our first fantasy corner that I had lost, but I was projected to absolutely dummy Corey. And uh, that I did. I beat him by like 100 points. And uh, Corey, if you're listening, sucks to suck. Following week, Casey and I played each other, and that was, you know, pretty tight throughout. I had a couple good nights, and then I ended up running away with it at the end. Sorry to hear that, Case. Uh, sorry, not sorry. So two was, really good weeks for me. It was so painful because not only am I playing against Chad in fantasy, but the Devils were playing Calgary, and all of his points came from Lindholm and Manjipane, who lit up the Devils. So it was like extra insult yep. to injury. And I, I was kind of talking about Detroit so that maybe you guys would forget about this segment and we would move on because <laughs> Chad absolutely steamrolled me this yeah. week. I was trying um, to be modest. I'm sorry. As, I, a result, I as a result, I had to drop Cole Caulfield because that guy is absolutely blowing it. No more Calder <laughs> for that guy. Holy. <laughs> Down to the AHL and off of the fantasy team. And yeah, a lot of different moves because I got to do something because that was embarrassing. Well, listen, well, the, I, the problem was, and sorry, Harb, just to jump in case. The other yeah. problem was I have Dougie Hamilton. So even when he scored for yeah. your team, you couldn't even be happy because I was getting four points every time. He had two points that night and I was like, yeah, All right, perfect. Nah, not happy. 
Well, Chad, I uh, I let you down this week after you know an zero and one start and beating your brother in law there, Cam Murray. I uh, could not beat our good buddy Luke Sheridan, who has the guy who is leading the Calder Trophy race right now, and Lucas Raymond uh, on his team, the uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Luke's a big Wings fan, and uh, Luke killed me. He crushed me by like forty points. So I let you down, and uh, yeah, let's get into that trade that we made. Yes. Um, okay, the trade. I there are a few more things I want to say. Like you guys are talking about, you're watching a ton of hockey. Like I am too. I'm watching a ridiculous amount, and it's because of this app, this fantasy app. Like I am addicted to this. I'm on it all day, <laughs> trying to maximize the efficiency of my team. So that makes me want to watch the team. You know, the guys that I have. So it's uh, it's good and bad. It's great that I'm watching a ton of hockey. Bad because I'm addicted to uh, this app now. But yeah, the trade we made. Uh, I send over the Red Hot Andrew Mangiapane, and in return, I get Drake Batherson. So I think, honestly, these players are fairly comparable in, in terms of what they're they're going to put up in fantasy numbers. I think Mangiapane is, is the hot guy right now, so that might be the favorite. But I did that because I needed some games played. I looked at my lineup this week. Mangiapane and Hall were both sitting on the bench all week so i needed to do something so there you go and we've structured it so it's sort of like a loan uh and and i give you the option at the end of the week which player you want because frankly i'm happy with either of them i like both players so you can make that determination at the end of the week yeah and uh man i'm not gonna lie it was tough to give up batherson especially like the guy had six points last week he was one of the three stars in the nhl uh for for last week and uh I, I got to see his uh, his first career hat trick in person uh, in that game against the Washington Capitals. So hard to part ways with him. But Andrew Mangiapane, seven goals, no apples. How about that stat line to start the season? Uh, he's been on fire as well. So um, anyway, it's uh, yeah, fun league we got going on here. I just hope I can get back to 500 this week. Yeah, I want to update the standings as the last thing here in the fantasy corner. Uh, I'll just do like the top five and we'll do that every week so that people in the top five, you can kind of check back because it is typically listeners who are in the league. There's 14 of, of uh, the total players. So top five yeah. in the league right now, Luke Sheridan, number one, the Meatheads in first place. Second place, Shipping and Yandling. That's my buddy Remy. He has a dynamite team. Uh, Bacchus Door Bandits in number three, the Backdoor Bandits, um, and they're number three. That's Taylor Prosser. Number four is myself, the Multiple Scorgasms, and number five is Ball to the Wall. That's uh, one of our favorite listeners and former guest on the show multiple times, uh, Alan Atmansky. So that's your top five. Tune in next week for the updated top five, and uh, you know maybe one of you guys can sneak in, maybe not, but uh, big money on the line is the point. There you go. There's the power rankings to uh, to start the week in the uh, Boys in the Booth Fantasy Hockey League. By the way, Chad, you mentioned Taylor Prosser there. It is his birthday today as we are recording this. So uh, happy birthday to there Pross. Great uh, road hockey goalie as well. <laughs> um, 
All right, let's get into a little cap or no cap. Uh, this is back again, so this is great to be able to do this with you guys. So uh, we mentioned Cole Caulfield briefly there today. He was sent down to uh, Laval and the American Hockey League, and uh, here we go. So he will be back up with the Montreal Canadiens this season. Cap or no cap, let's go to you first, Case. Oh, yeah, no cap. This is, I mean... Exactly what he needs. He needs to be sent down, get a little bit of confidence, come back up and light it up again. Uh, last year, before the playoffs, he got a little stint in Laval, and and that did a world of wonder for him because he came in just guns blazing, absolutely flying out there after kind of lighting up the AHL for a week or so. So I, I've got no doubt that he's going to be back and I don't know, maybe even find some self, self still in the Calder race because he can put up a point per game when he's back. Yeah, definitely. No cap here as well. And I agree, Case. Like, you know, we talked about him in the Calder race last episode and, you know, he was one of the favorites to win. I actually think he had the best Vegas odds to win, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, even if he's down for, you know, a week or two in Laval, gets a few games in, I don't think there's there's any world where that's a permanent fit for him in Laval. I think he lights it up in the AHL comes back up to the NHL and then, you know, maybe can can rekindle some of that scoring touch that he had in the playoffs last year and, and down the stretch for, for the Habs. So, yeah, no cap. He will not stay in the NHL or the AHL. He will be back with the Habs sooner rather than later. All right, good stuff. Number two, and uh, we saw some reports over the weekend, and so we'll have to see about this, uh, but here we go. So number two for cap or no cap, Jack Eichel will be traded to the Vegas Golden Knights sometime this week. Cap or no cap, Chad? I'm going to say cap, and the reason I say cap that he'll be traded this week is because it's been dragged on for so long. So what makes this week different than any other week? Yes, you can mention the fact that um, we've been hearing rumblings that they're getting closer to a deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, But at the same time, there are also a handful of other teams who have been rumored to be uh, just as interested or included, like the Anaheim Ducks. There was that thing about uh, Jacob Silver where he was off of their roster and that sparked you know hockey twitter to go insane and and instagram and whatever but it ended up not being uh for jack eichel in return and talking about the vegas golden knights as well like i've heard anything from you know shea theodore being included in the deal to multiple picks uh grade a prospects so at this point it just doesn't seem like we know a solid foundation of the trade yet and typically before these big deals happen i feel like we have more information so i'm gonna say cap jack eichel will not be traded to the vegas golden knights by the end of the week just playing statistics here yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have to agree with uh, Cappy in the answer here, but I'm going to put a little asterisk here because I think that he goes to Vegas just maybe not in a week, maybe in two weeks. Right. There was a lot of talk about the fact that he can file for grievance against Buffalo if he's not traded in the yeah. next week or so. Uh, but I'm kind of say that he's going to go to Vegas because, well, for one, the match is perfect. That's what they need is a, a guy at center and a guy to put the puck in the net for them. Um, they need that one thing that's going to push them over the edge. They've been a good team every year, but they can't get it done. Right. So they need that that big stud. And uh, I've heard that things about Anaheim have gone cold is what I heard. I think it was Elliot Freeman. And mm-hmm. I've heard the same about Seattle and I've heard the same about 
Um, there's one other team that might have been Calgary. Is that LA? Every, Cal- everything's gone cold on those fronts. So yeah. that kind of that kind of tells me that maybe they've got a little bit of a hint of what Vegas is willing to give up for Jack Eichel, and the rest of the teams are going, yeah, just, we just can't do that right now. But it makes sense for Vegas because this could win them a cup. So yeah, for sure, I wouldn't be shocked if they if he goes to Vegas. I just don't don't see it getting done in a week because. Well, that's just the way this has gone with Jack Eichel. I, I'm not even supposed to be talking about this right now. It's against my contract. So that's right. <laughs> yeah, breach breach a contract talking about this subject. I'll jump in real quick and say that uh, you know, look, I, I've been saying the Vegas Gold Knights are going to be the destination for him for a while. It just makes so much sense, and. You know, I wonder what kind of package would come the other way if they get a deal done. You know, um, Vegas has been saying absolutely not that Peyton Krebs, uh, they don't want him to be in this deal. So a guy I wonder about is uh, another really good prospect for them, Brendan Brisson, who is a teammate of Owen Powers and Eric uh, Portillo's, excuse me, at the University of Michigan. So uh, I just wonder about that. And uh, yeah, it's it's an excellent fit, I think, Vegas uh, for for Eichel. Could I put 50 bucks down that Harper's going to make some weird connection and (laughs) make it all right? Yeah. Harp, just before I move on from this one, I just want to say, like, if it's not Krebs and if it's not a quality roster player, because, like, let's face it, uh, Vegas is trading for Jack Eichel to win the cup, to put them over the edge. So they don't want to give away a solid roster player. Like I've seen Shea Theodore's name thrown out there and it's like, what the hell? You're not going to give up him for Jack Eichel. So it's like, if it's not Krebs and, and it starts with Brisson, it's like, what else are you including? Because Jack Eichel is a world-class player. So how is that enough? Like how is Krebs not the starting point? I don't understand. Like would why not give up a future for like whatever five more years of Jack Eichel like I don't know how many years he has left on his contract maybe four by now but I just I don't know I for me it has to start with Krebs doesn't seem like they're willing to do that I don't understand how they're the front runners at this point it makes no sense to me well another guy that I know Buffalo has asked about that they're not willing to do who is a very good young defenseman for them is is Nick Hag as well so I mean <laughs> what it would what it would be like to be a fly on the wall for for those kinds of conversations and uh yeah I do not envy Kevin Adams, Kelly McCrimmon, any of the other GMs of the teams who are in this so anyway we'll see how it plays out yeah um, all right, and number three for cap or no cap, gents. Uh, let's talk about the Calgary Flames, a 6-1-1 one one record. So uh, they are back, and they will be a playoff team this season. Cap or no cap, case. Oh, man, that's actually tough for me because I think they can be a playoff team, yeah, but they might be the fourth spot and they're out the first round because what they're doing right now, it's just simply – you just simply can't keep it up. They're coming out guns blazing in the first 10 minutes, scoring a few goals and then holding on for the rest of the game. I watched them do it three games in a row and they did it against the devils where they came out, blew the devils up four goals in the first period and then held on the whole game. And it was like the devils were pressuring them the whole game. It was all New Jersey in the second and third period. And I forget who the team was, but they did that the game before too. And it's just not feasible to keep that going to, to, come out and score that many goals in the first 10 minutes all the time uh they're gonna 
they're going to suffer from that eventually. Plus, they're kind of riding some hot goaltending and a couple players that sh- their shooting percentage is just over, over the moon. And like Manji Apane and Lindholm and a couple other guys. And it's, I just don't think what they are doing right now will continue. I think that, you know, they're going to probably get in in a wild card spot. But um, I don't have my hopes up for a, for a large run or for taking a top spot. Chad. Yeah, I'll say no cap. I think they are a playoff team. And actually, the most recent uh, projections I was looking at on Money Puck earlier today, I forget, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I was looking at playoff chances in that division. And Calgary had about a 70% chance to actually win the division compared to other teams. So, like, they're having a fantastic start. The problem is, though, like Casey alluded to, they are riding some some hot hands right now. You've got Jacob Markstrom, who has three out of his last four games posted shutouts and was the first star of the week in the NHL. So, clearly, that can't continue. He's a fantastic goalie, but you can't go, you know, 75% of your starts being shutouts. Like, that's not ever going to happen. You've got Mangiapane, who has been fantastic uh this year to start you mentioned what is it eight goals no assists so far to seven seven goals no assists that sounds like an nhl 22 stat line uh mine but and so like that can't continue and elias lindholm that's another guy who is just you know scoring far more than expected and actually he ranks number one in that category on moneypuck.com of uh, goals above expected so that's something that you know isn't really sustainable if you're consistently scoring more than you're expected to score um, in terms of that stat and you're an elite sniper like a Matthews, like a, you know, even like a McDavid or an Ovechkin or a Stamkos or whatever, that's fine. And you can typically read into that, that that will keep up. But when you're a player like Elias Lindholm, who was scoring well above his his expected pace for the first time in a long time, you, you kind of got to think that that's going to regress. And so while I do think they are a playoff team and I think they might even be, you know, I don't even think they'll be a wild card team at this rate if they keep up at least some of this pace. But uh, Case, I, I do agree with you uh, to a degree that, you know, that we're going to need to see more consistency from this team if they want to get out of the, the first round. Yeah, no, for sure. Great stuff there. All right, uh, that is Fantasy Corner and Cap or No Cap to kick off episode 103 of the pod. And now we'll move on to hot starts this season. And there have been plenty of them to start uh, through month number one. And uh, Casey, we will go to you first. You've got a team in the Western Conference, I believe, that has just gotten off to a fantastic start. So jump into that for us. Yeah, I actually, when we first kind of thought about the idea for this episode of being hot starts, I had one player in particular that I wanted to talk about. But as I started looking into him, I decided wow, there's a lot of guys on this team that I could be talking about and uh, the team in general I want to talk about. So St. Louis Blues are taken off at the start of this season. Such a great start. And that's to the shock of all three of us when we were talking about the rankings and we kind of thought that this team seemed, uh, I'll say, boring or like they had nothing that really stood out to to give us any reason to rank them high in the rankings. But um, they've started out the season 6-1-0. They are first in points per game, I 
think they have 29 goals in seven games uh six in goals against second power play second penalty kill everything is clicking for these guys even Bennington is giving us a reason to talk about him in the olympics again because that guy's playing great if he's not swinging sticks at Kadri and trying yeah. to punch guys with his blocker um <laughs> so maybe you don't want him representing your team but no, the guy I wanted to talk about initially was Jordan Cairo, who's mm-hmm. kind of started out this season unbelievably. He's slowed down a little bit, but nine points, two goals and seven assists in seven games. He's been electric and not even playing like a ton of minutes. I think he's playing around 15 minutes a game, which is an increase. Uh, but still, uh, that's a that's a great start for them. And then there's a bunch of guys kind of scoring at will right now, and they're scoring by committee. David Perron is absolutely with six goals in seven games and uh helping out melbourne's fantasy team that's for sure um kind of showing that he can still be a point per game player like he was last year robert thomas is playing some bigger minutes and and doing pretty well six apples and ivan barbashev same putting up points scoring goals for these guys and like you need guys like that to step up when you don't have the superstars oh wait they do have their superstar back. Tarasenko is coming out flying as well. Remember when everyone was telling me it would be a bad pickup by the Devils? Yeah. Oh, he can't go back to being a 30-goal scorer. Oh, how about four goals and five assists in seven games? How about you like that playing on the third line? Yeah. Anyways, that's that's, that's my rant. I love, I nice. love the team right now. They're starting out hot. What a great start. Yeah. And, and when we were doing our rankings before the season started, I think uh, you're right, Case, to say that all three of us were a little bit, uh, you know, down on on the Blues because, quite frankly, there were a lot of question marks going into this season. Like there were question marks in goal. Jordan Bennington has been good, but you know, how long will he be good for? And and then the backup situation, Vili Huso, who has been phenomenal, yeah, who, who played one game and put up a 34 safe shutout. Exactly. So I mean. <laughs> That's silenced the haters on goaltending so far. And then we wondered, you know, about Tarasenko. And I mean, there are different levels to doubting that player. I think I was in the, you know, cautiously optimistic that he would be he would be good. But I wasn't, you know, down and out on the guy like a lot of people were. So there's there's that too. Like he's been great. David Perron, like you mentioned, on my fantasy team in the other league, and he's been fantastic. And just a, a ton of names and and uh, you know, deservingly so that this team is, is doing well to start the season because I really liked their offseason, not gonna lie. Like I loved bringing in Pavel Buchnevich. I thought that was such an underrated move. And I know he hasn't played every game uh, you know, to start the season but that's another player to add you know some offense to a team and all he had to give up was sammy blay and and i think a pick so no yep, no harm brandon no, sod as well no harm no foul there and of course brandon sod so i i like the construction of this team and and i like how they've started but like i said going into the season there were a lot of question marks which as of right now at, through the first you know three weeks to a month of the season i guess it is a month now um a lot of those questions have been answered so good pick surprising heart hot start from the blues and we'll see if they can uh you know keep it going yeah, and there's a blue liner on this team that's uh, definitely making some St. Louis fans happy and I guess making Taylor Prosser on his birthday happy that we're talking about this because he's a right. Blues fan. Uh, Justin Falk, who's given them two kind of poor seasons since coming over from Carolina, is having himself a, a hot start as well. He's got uh, four points in seven games, two goals, two assists. He's a plus six. A plus is something that you know he's not too used to. So that's another hot start, and I'm happy for him because he he needed something like this. 
Yeah, that's really good. He's on a big ticket as well, making just over $7 million bucks a season. And uh, one guy I want to touch on for this team, and just a great story. And I don't think any of us expected this kid to make the team at a training camp. And that's Jake Neighbors. I think that, um, you know, sort of that injection of youth, along with guys that you mentioned, Case, in Cairo and Thomas, I think those three, just to kind of breathe some new life into this team uh, that won the cup back in 2019 has been really huge for them. And yes, very happy that they were able to repair the situation with Vladimir Tarasenko, even though a little while ago, we all thought they were headed to Splitsville. So uh, really still might be, who knows? Like, yeah, but, but I mean, so so far so good. I think uh, Doug Armstrong and and company have, have done a great job. Uh, with this group and sort of breathing some new life into it. They look good early on. Great pick, Case. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my last point is uh, another guy that's been hot on this team is Tory Krug. After taking such a great discount to come play for this team. <laughs> Enough. Oh. Case, you, you hate Tory Krug, and you can't even say his name properly, so that's enough out of you. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we're, we're, that was a we're making this joke. For, for the listeners, we're making this joke because Morgan Riley signed uh, a, a new contract with the Maple Leafs, and you know I sent a list of comparables to the group, and the only player in in the over the last five seasons to outscore Morgan Riley points wise, uh, but to also make less money than him was Tory Krug, and Casey so kindly brought that up to me when talking about whether or not this contract was uh, a hometown discount or not. So. <laughs> Nice. Um, all right. So uh, great pick case, St. Louis Blues, for your hot start uh, to the 21-22 season. Chad, let's get yours now, your hot start, please and thanks. Yes. So this is one of my favorite players in the NHL. I would say it probably top, you know, maybe top 10, maybe top five. He squeaks into there. Love the player, and uh, he was with the Maple Leafs for a long time, and uh, just real heart and soul guy, and gave it everything he could for as long as he was, uh, you know, VC. in Toronto. You might be thinking Jimmy VC. You might be thinking Travis Boyd, uh, Freddie Gauthier. <laughs> yeah, Freddie Gauthier, one of those guys. But no, it's uh, and actually, you might be thinking it's it's Zach Hyman, and it's not. But he has had a great start to the season so far, so I definitely could have mentioned him. But it's Freddie Anderson, and that's who I wanted to briefly talk about as a guy having an incredible start to the season. Um, seven games played for Fred Zilla, seven wins, uh, 1.29 goals against average, nine or .956 save percentage, first among NHL goalies in goals saved above expected, and second among NHL goalies in goals saved above expected per 60 minutes, uh, only second to Sergei Bobrovsky, another guy we could definitely talk about for a player having an incredible hot start. But like, who would have thought, you know, Frederick Anderson would come out of the gates and just be a brick wall for a brand new team? Oh, wait, everybody thought that because he's an incredible goalie and the Carolina Hurricanes have a great defensive system. Uh, I'm mean, supposedly like so far, that's what it seems like, even though I'm, I wasn't high on some of the moves they made this offseason, especially on the back end. But it just seems like everything is going right for Freddie Anderson with the team that, you know, originally drafted him way back when. And I could not be happier for the guy like as, as much as, you know, you hate 
to to see a player succeed in a place that's not your your favorite team because it's kind of like oh you know what if he was still here i'm just so happy that freddie is is having such a great start to the season because the leafs also have a, a pretty good goaltending situation and uh of all people freddie deserves it so what are your guys' thoughts on uh, fred zilla's I mean, hot start to the season what i have to stay up say about this is hop aboard the karma train the only reason why this guy is doing as well as he is is because of the Leafs fans kind of running him out of town with pitchforks and torches when this guy's such a great guy and such a great goalie and you know all the talk that like oh we'd rather have Mrazek anyways and so on and so forth of course this guy's gonna have such a hot start and and because he's typically historically bad in the month of October That's in right. Toronto. So this <laughs> is just all karma and I absolutely love it. I'm I'm happy for the guy. One thing I will say and you know, I really don't want to start anything with this. Like don't take this to the to the uh the law system there, Chad. Um I don't want to get him into Evander Kane trouble, but I'm pretty sure he allowed Matthews to score Matthews goal <laughs> of the year. Like one hundred percent. I've they said that he was hanging out with them the day before watching Sunday football and they're both in fantasy. And I'm thinking that maybe um, Matthews beat Freddie in fantasy. So he let him score because I've never seen a goalie try to attempt to save a wraparound in that fashion. That was absolutely mind blowing. And I was like, he let that goal in. Right. Like, am I, am I not crazy? It, it's I don't want to get him in like trouble. That. It certainly looked like trouble. that. And and you know what, Case? The crazy thing is, that was one of the goal one of the four goals he has allowed in his last five games. And that was one of them. Like it's just it's unbelievable. Like he's had such a great start. And you mentioned too, like for a guy who typically starts October slow you know and and the numbers show that his save percentage and goals against average are always out of whack in october for whatever reason a guy who typically starts october super fast and and scores a shit ton of goals is austin matthews and those two have completely flipped because matthews is not scoring at at a great pace and freddie anderson is going bananas on carolina so maybe that is a bit of karma like you mentioned too No, I think I think Austin was in uh, is was in a bad way and asked his buddy, you know, since I beat you in fantasy, please let me score because uh, he had his the blade of his stick up near his head trying to save a wraparound. And it's like, of course, Austin Matthews is going to wrap the puck around like that's what yeah. he does. He was in the zone alone on a takeaway. He's going to do a wraparound. Why do you have your stick near your head? Yeah. Anyways. No, that was that was certainly a weird goal. Like I remember when it happened, you texted me. You're like, "What the hell happened?" Like I was like, "I don't know." Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we were very critical of of some of the moves for the off season uh, from the Hurricanes, right? Particularly in the crease, giving up a, a Calder Trophy finalist last year, and Alex uh, Nedeljkovic, who went to Detroit. Um, and, you know, acquiring Jonathan Bernier in that trade, then he goes to New Jersey. Uh, and so it's Ranta and Anderson. And we're kind of, um, you know, throwing our hands up and wondering how this is going to work. But, uh, hey, so far through eight games or so, uh, Anderson has looked fantastic. I think a change of scenery that he needed. And uh, also, this team is playing so well in front of him. That's a great back end. Uh, Ethan Bear is a nice fit there says that uh the locker room is like a brotherhood 
Uh, I saw that quote from the other day, and uh, you'd have to think that game against the Leafs, Chad, uh, Rod Brindamore probably had a really, really good pregame speech to uh, get Freddie and the boys fired up. So, no, he's off to a great start with the Canes. Yeah, that was kind of when we were doing our rankings and we were talking about ranking them number one. That was one of our question marks about this team was, is how is this goaltending tandem going to work out? And well, question answered so far. Yeah. So, so far, that's been great. And and like, yeah, like you said, that team's great. And Brenda Moore, like I think those players are willing to do absolutely anything for him. And I watched the game the other day. I think it was against the Leafs that this happened in and like Slavin gave up his first minor penalty in like 70 something games. Like yeah. it was so, it was such a piss poor penalty too. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> like someone stepped on his stick and he's like, Oh, like, come on. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No, uh, those are great picks. The blues and uh, Freddie Anderson of the Carolina hurricanes. All right. My hot start. And uh, this will not come as a surprise to you guys, but uh, I don't think any of us saw this one coming that the Buffalo Sabres would be five, two and one through their first eight games of the season. And I got to give myself credit guys. I feel like I've been pretty good not getting too excited because <laughs> as uh, case so eloquently put it in our group chat oh well calm down they do this every year and yeah they beat tampa bay 5-1 but it was 3-1 with two empty netters and brian <laughs> elliott was between the pipes so you know have to take all that stuff into account thanks case. i just but you didn't uh, forget that you. case i just i just want to Temper the expectations and make sure that you aren't hurt when January comes around. Yeah, no, for real. We, uh, but you know, we we've seen this before, right? And uh, just looking at some of the numbers, I mean, Victor Olafson is over a point a game. He's the leading scorer, nine points in eight games. Although Olafson is uh, a really good goal scorer. Um, and has been since he entered the league. I do think those numbers will come down. I just, he's he's not a point-of-game player. Um, Craig Anderson, 39-year-old Craig Anderson. Uh, just unbelievable numbers out of the gate, guys. 4-1-0 and with a 1.98 goals against and a 9.39 save percentage. Um, Zemgis Gergensen and Kyle Opozo off to hot starts as well. Six points and five points uh, through their first eight games, respectively. And uh, the last thing I'll say is, um, you know, it's clear that uh, the guys like Don Granado and uh, they are really thriving under his system and, and all of that. So um, now before you guys jump in, I will say I am starting to see the downtrend with this group. Um First of all, like those numbers, I mean, Gergensen and Oposo, they're not going to stay at close to a point per game. Uh, neither is Olofsson, like I mentioned. Uh, Craig Anderson, those numbers will have to come down, you think. Uh, and looking at their past couple of games, not great. A uh, An overtime win against the uh, the Anaheim Ducks on Thursday night. But they did blow a 3-0 lead in that game. And so uh, that was getting a little too close for comfort. Um, and then they just lost to the struggling LA Kings with a just depleted defense core right now with uh, Drew Doughty and Sean Walker out. 
and the Sabres blew a 2-0 lead in that game. And so um, it's a couple of uh, tough games coming up to finish this West Coast road trip. They've got the Sharks and the Kraken, two teams who are both, um, you know, playing better. And uh, the Sharks coming off that big win against the Jets on the weekend. So I definitely am seeing the downtrend, but I think we can all agree who saw this coming? Five, two, and one through the first eight games. Uh, I think we all thought they'd be right there with the Arizona Coyotes and the start that they've had. So anyway, that's my rant on the Sabres. Not getting too excited. Again, I feel like I've been pretty good. Uh, so what are your thoughts, guys? Yeah, you know, we care about you, Harp, and that's why we're trying to <laughs> lower the expectations because we've been through this before. You know, you're going to go back to that old relationship and get stung again. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's been a hot start, and there's a lot of guys that I'm excited to play, see play well. Like Asplund is an, another guy that you didn't mention who's kind of having a hot start. There's some talks that he might get picked up by Seattle, and then there's some trade talks, I believe, in the offseason, and uh, a little bit of everything about him. But he, he's played pretty well so far this season, and yep. yeah, it's a, it's kind of a a team that you got to win as a group and they've been doing that so far. So it's nice to see them do well, but honestly, if I were you hype, I'd be a little annoyed because it's like, guys, we want that first overall pick again. Let's stop winning games in October because if we just miss the playoffs, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been thinking about the whole time. Um, like when you look at this roster, it is shocking and, and that, <laughs> that they have done this well. And like, I don't mean that, in you know to in any sort of negative way i'm just calling a spade a spade here like this roster is not good top to bottom but i do want to say there's something about having no pressure at all to win and just coming together as a team and just being those you know those assholes who can just play spoiler all season long and maybe that's what the sabers do i don't think it's in their best interest to do that or to continue this hot start but it is definitely surprising and it is definitely a hot start so that's uh it is a good pick harp the one thing i will say about this team despite all their success i'm a little disappointed in rasmus dalene so far i mean he's really like the only uh, like the closest thing to a superstar, I guess, left on the team, right? If, if yeah. there's no Jack Eichel and, and there's no uh, Sam Reinhardt, etc. So I'm kind of, kind of expecting a little bit more out of him in the points department. The only reason I'm a bit critical is because I do have him in one of my fantasy leagues and I've been kind of waiting for the production to just jump. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, this team is playing pretty well and uh, I guess we'll see if they can they can keep it up. But I guess it is nice to give some Sabres fans, uh, you know, something to at least look forward to. Like there's a good group of young players there and, and you know, in a couple of years and, and maybe they have another uh, a few more draft picks and whatnot and they can put together a team with a handful of those guys who are on the current roster and uh, and compete. So that that's my take on it. But definitely a hot start. I thought you were going to say a few more rebuilds. I was like, God, no, leave no. the... No, He's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, Jack Quinn, uh, AHL Rookie of the Month, and uh, he's over a point a game with uh, the uh, Rochester Americans. So him and JJ Paterka have looked great. So just talking about the future, Keep them uh, looking at those two guys right there. One more thing. You mentioned the back end. Yes, Darlene has gotten off to a rough start. But someone who you have really liked, Chad, and you sent me his um, analytics uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that's Jacob Bryson. That's right. Yeah, I mean, like, he's had a great start, and, I mean, it's nothing... 
it is a bit of a shock, I guess, because like, who is this player? Like, I I don't know if he played the entire season for you guys last year. And it was a player who kind of came up on my radar out of nowhere. And I saw his uh, like some of his analytics and they're surprisingly good, both offensively and defensively. So that was a guy that, you know, maybe there's something there in Jacob Bryson. So but personally, like, I don't know the player very well. I haven't Mm -hmm. watched him, so I won't, you know. Uh, you know, proclaim to know that I, I know about him, but I, just a you know surprising start so far. I could be wrong about this, but Harp was that who you had Seattle taking from Buffalo? No, um, it was a young defenseman. I'm, uh, uh, Will Borgen, who they oh, ended right. up taking. Right. Yeah, it was Borgen. Um, okay, but yeah. and just going back to Bryson for a minute, Case, you'll like this because I know that you like this player, but his comparable that I've heard, and I see this as well, is like Matt Grizzlick. So if he can just continue to um, keep elevating his play, then that's really good for us. So anyway, yeah, good start, but I will say, boys, I'm starting to see the downtrend, and I too want to see them get a couple more high draft picks, uh, particularly in this draft, um, looking at guys like Shane Wright and Brad Lambert. So uh, anyway, good discussion, boys. Uh, Good to be back with you this week. Definitely. Um, As we wrap up, just want to mention, I just dropped Taylor Hall in fantasy. You guys suck for not trading (laughs) for him. But uh, yeah, there you go. So go ahead, Case, pick him up on the waiver wire. I see it working away there with your thumbs. So yeah, it's a sad day. One uh, one last thing I'll say, guys, um, without going into any details, let's hope for a better week this week for the game of hockey. Am I right? Definitely. Yeah, yeah for Definitely. sure. All right. Thanks, fellas. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks to our great listeners for listening to episode 103. We'll be back next week. Cheers. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.